0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas, brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just thirty
1: six eighty. With all the rain, I know yards are completely flooded, and uh, you know if you if you're seeing standing water, does not necessarily mean you need drainage. What I want you to do is let it go after the rain stops and see if it dissipates, you know, in the next, say, 24 hours. If it does, you don't need to worry about drainage. If it doesn't, then you need to start taking a look. Do I need to fill in a little bit to keep the water flowing? Do I have a little hump in my drain down between my neighbor's house that I need to dig out so the water can bypass it, you know, Get rid of the little dams. You know, that's going to be the perfect time for you to be looking at your yard and seeing what's going on. And if you do see standing water that you're concerned with and you're going to get somebody out to take a look, I'm going to make a suggestion to you. Pictures. Take bunches of pictures of it. Because that way when somebody comes out to look at it, and see what they need to drain you can show them exactly where the water's standing with those pictures yeah you can point and show visually and all that but when you've got pictures of it it makes it so much easier on the contractor who's going to deal with the drainage issues for you so document 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 with pictures they're worth a thousand words 1-800-288 Nine two two seven Mark in Louisville. How can I help you today?
0: Yes, how are you doing there today? I was listening to your show. Thank you.
1: The question the difference between when how do you tell when
0: a house has moved has normal movement or has got it's starting a foundation problem. Because I had I've had to the house a couple of guys, foundation guys come out and look at it and they tell me, Oh, you need foundation work and other ones say, No, it's just a movement of the house. So that's my doubt. I don't have big cracks. Or I have just just a couple hairline cracks on the walls and and some of the small bricks on the outside have have uh, come loose a little bit.
1: Okay, and the one who told you you didn't have foundation problems was probably telling you yes, you've got a little bit of movement. You need to address it with some maintenance issues.
0: Yeah, you know, keep it wa- watered, and it'll, yep. it'll, it'll it'll come back again. It'll go back again when it dries up. And it's ground movement.
1: Yeah. here's the thing to understand all foundation movement almost i should say almost all foundation movement is caused by our active soils when they dry out they shrink when they get wet they expand that movement is what causes the foundation problems each time you let it dry out it gets a little bit worse the soils consolidate a little bit more so by keeping it moist and expanded you minimize the the issues and extend the life of the foundation tremendously uh hairline cracks is the first sign that yes you are having movement so now let's take a look at what's causing it are there trees too close that need to be root shielded the drainage that i was just talking about uh watering like was recommended to you all those things can maintain the foundation from getting worse how do you tell if it's bad enough that you got to do foundation repair when it gets to the point where when it does get moist and the foundation doesn't come all the way back up where it needs to be, you now have to okay. do foundation repair. Okay. So as, lo- as long as the seasonal movement is still bringing it back where it needs to be, you're still able to address it with just normal maintenance issues. But again, once it's no longer going back where the cracks close up and the doors get back in alignment... Now you're going to have to address it with full-blown foundation repair problems.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't have. He says the other guy said, you don't have no crack. The, the doors are all lined up, and it's not, it's not, uh, uh, you know, foundation because it's, it's yeah. an older house. So it's got to have. You know, I mean, it's over thirty years old, so it's going to it's going to have movement in thirty years.
1: Yeah, you, all homes so. are going to have some movement. It, it's just a matter of can we minimize the movement and keep from having to do repairs. And it sounds like you're probably, you know, still able to do that. Now, most homes start noticing, most homeowners start noticing the problem in about 18 years. Your home is 30 years, so it's probably been well-maintained. It just needs a little extra help right now.
0: Okay, okay. All right. That okay. Answer that, Mark. My, my <laughs> Yeah. You.
1: you. bet. And, and, Mark, one thing you got to remember, it, when you call a foundation contractor to come out and look at the home, the guys who are coming out are salesmen uh so you you got to remember if if one of those salesmen is telling you that yeah you're not ready for this yet even though a couple others are telling you are they're not making any money unless they sell you something right and uh, you're talking to a guy who owns a foundation repair company so in fact i just spent uh thursday and friday at the uh annual national foundation repair association meeting i gave two talks there one on the different repair techniques and one on a specialty job but uh you know it's it's just one of those things that if it gets ready to where you truly need to do foundation repair that's when uh-huh. not only do you get the the bid from the contractors but you end up getting engineers reports as well to make sure that it's all done the way it's supposed to be okay okay okay
0: so in, in, engineers, the, the usually the, company will have engineers, or I got to hire engineers somewhere separate.
1: Well, the the engineers report will be required in order to pull permits, and like my company, for instance, my son is an engineer, but we also hire independent engineers. Uh, so you know, get it either direction for you, but. Yeah, when it comes time for pulling the permits, almost all the cities require an engineer's report.
0: Okay, gotcha, you, gotcha. You. Okay. All right. Now city, Mark, you have a great me, afternoon. One last because If this house had oh, sure. done before, before I had the house, the city would have a report of it, right?
1: If it was permitted okay. like it's supposed to be, they should have a okay. report on it, and the seller should have disclosed it.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. I've had a house over 10 years now, but as far as maybe in the past, they've had it, they had it done. Yeah. That, since you mentioned that. Okay. Well, thank you right. then.
1: You bet. Take care. And, and hey, for, if you're selling a house and you know you've had foundation repair or you've had a bunch of bids where where you're being told you have a foundation problem, keep in mind, you've got to disclose that. It is on the disclosure statements, and if you don't disclose it, and your buyer ends up finding out two or three years from now, they can get, still come back and sue you. When we left, we were talking with David in Richardson, and okay, David, you, you're getting some water underneath your home. How how long does it normally take for that water to dissipate, or do you know at this point?
2: Oh no, I've got an access door. It sometimes it goes away. It just depends on how much rain. Sometimes it goes away, like, in less than 24 hours. Sometimes it's there for two or three days.
1: Yeah. Well, I I mentioned I was at the uh, annual National Foundation Repair Association meeting Thursday and Friday, and last night I was driving back with my son from San Antonio, and uh, he got a call from one of his friends that lives— not too far from where you're at, and he's got the same thing. He's got water underneath his house, and uh, he has one of the uh, vapor barriers in there to keep moisture that comes up through the soil from coming up and ruining wood floors and things like that, and there's so much water that vapor barrier is floating, and now it's actually starting to get some water on top of it because you know it's designed for vapor, not standing water. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told him. Pump the water out. But realistically, if water is getting in there on a regular basis and the ground is lower under the home than outside, I would not put my money into a French drain outside. I would actually put a drain system underneath the house in the lowest spot. So when water does get underneath there, it's taken out right away. And my son, Johan... Uh, he's an engineer, and and uh, you know he's always looking at, you know, how, well, how can we effectively do this? And what he's done on a couple of the projects is rather than putting the sump pump and everything underneath the house, he digs an access from outside, goes up underneath where the low spot is, and puts a French drain system there, so that the water goes into the, that gravel bed, and drains out to a sump that he puts outside the house so it's easier to keep it serviced and everything and we're finding that to be a whole lot more cost effective and uh, uh, effectively dealing with the moisture that does get underneath the home because if you if you're again if your dirt's lower under the home than around than around it no matter what kind of drain system you put around the house you're gonna get water underneath So let's address it where the water's going. Obviously, you still want to address drainage around the house and all that stuff, but uh, it'll be impossible to keep it 100% out of there all the time. So let's make sure we take it out once it gets there.
2: Uh, One other question. I've I've added uh, some dirt around the foundation, and it does seem to be quite a bit better, but you're not ever supposed to pile dirt up around the outside of the house to where you uh where the dirt is up against the bricks is that correct
1: that's correct you want to keep it at least three inches of foundation showing i appreciate your help sir david good luck with that hello bobby welcome to texas home improvement hello
2: i got a little problem i got a front window to my house next to the door where you enter it's like 12 inches off of the floor with uh Uh, bricks and I after the hurricane I put all new tile in the house and I noticed the other day when it rained real hard that I came in the house and there was a puddle of water next to the windows on the floor and I'm just wondering would that rain be blown against them windows and then go down through the crack in the bottom of the windows you know where you slide them up and down and get into the house that way
1: Should not, because uh, the windows should have a a little bit of a slope on them and the water is designed to drain out through a, in some cases, the whole lip is gone, but in other cases, they got just grooves there for the water to drain out. My guess would be that it can come in in one of a a few places, Uh, around the window frame itself. uh, If there's any... Uh, caulking that has cracks in it the water can actually penetrate there and get in um, if we had a hard enough downpour where the water level came up high enough on your ground to come in the weep holes it can oh, get in okay. that way uh, and you know a lot of times people think oh well i'll just plug the weep holes you can plug the weep holes if you want but uh, the mortar is porous and moisture will still go through it, so it, it really doesn't do any good to plug the weep holes. In fact, it's detrimental to the home to do that. So really, I think, how, how big a puddle are we talking about? Uh, Maybe
2: about a quart of water. Uh, the, the it's There's a little awning, a little cover, you know, when you go into the front door, you know, like a little, yeah. uh, the roof kind of comes out, so I uh-huh. couldn't see why it would would come get in there unless it was blowing sideways, the wind, you know. Yeah, well,
1: you know, we did have some pretty good winds with it. Uh
2: Uh-huh. So I guess I'll check the uh, frame for caulking, I guess. Yeah,
1: check the caulking around the window, because that's usually the the first place that gives that water will start coming in. You know, something else I I, uh, heard earlier this week. In fact, it was on Wednesday I was talking with some people about uh, tree companies. And there are some, and, and I've said this for a lot of years on the show here, that trees are one of those things that, yeah, Mother Nature grows them, but they cause a lot of problems with neighbors and stuff. And there are now lawsuits that are going through the court systems as far as your tree damaged my house, whether it's foundation problems, trees falling over, and different things like that. Well, the trees falling over has always been an easy thing insurance steps in but when it's tree roots causing the problems who has the liability and this is now starting to run through the court systems here in Texas as far as who's gonna hold the liability on it and I found it very interesting and I think it's gonna be a pretty good while before this is all settled out but I've been saying it for years sooner or later some attorney is gonna start pushing this issue you wouldn't take your tree down. Now it's causing foundation problems for me. You gotta pay for it. We'll see where it goes. Obi, how are you? Um, I just had two quick
3: questions. Uh, thank you for accepting my call, by the way. Uh, my mom's house. We're remodeling it. It's uh, built 1930. I mean, everything's pretty much original on it. I mean, the wood still actually smells good. That old redwood. Yep. But when they they and they had to reinforce it add some beams and replace the outer beams. But my question is, something that I've noticed recently is that, I guess the old problem of the water still puddling up underneath the house, so I'm wondering, it's a crawl space, obviously, so I'm wondering now that they've leveled the house, is there a system, a strategy, or an idea that we could look into as far as avoiding all that water when it rains and just piles up underneath the house?
1: Yeah, well, it's going to depend on how the drainage on the property is. Uh, And if it's just the fact that the underside of the house is lower than the surrounding ground, it's really going to be a matter of putting a drain system underneath there. And, you know, one of the things we've been doing lately with them is put your sump pump outside from under the house, dig a trench back under the house, and put a French drain in the lowest spot so the French drain captures the water that does get under the house, takes it outside to where the pump is to pump it away and uh, that way you can keep it serviced and you don't have to have the pump and everything under the home where it's difficult to service it
3: so so french drain
1: french drain yep under the okay home. okay so and just i'm gonna have today. to put you on hold because i gotta take a break for news traffic and weather and we'll be right back when we left i was talking with obi and obi had another question
3: yeah um second question this is kind of a crazy question um well, I told you my mom's house is an old uh, cross space. Right. Um, what do you know? Is there such thing? Because someone recommended it because it's not insulated and basically all the cold air just blows in underneath it. We have wooden floors. We uh, we've had them. Um, How do you call it? Um, uh, redone or whatnot? we refinished. Kept the original, uh-huh. Yeah, refinished. We've had. They look real nice. It's the original wood, but we get a lot of cold drafts coming in from the bottom. Have you heard of something about some type of netting system that they put underneath the house and then insulation with insulation?
1: Yeah, don't put fiberglass insulation under a crawl space house or oh. or uh, cellulose or any of those because underneath, you know, you got that moisture issue right now. Yes. Well, that there's high humidity there. It gets into that insulation and it literally starts the wood to rot.
3: Uh, kind of like mud. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, that.
1: yeah. So don't put any insulation underneath there. If you get to the point where you need to put some insulation, use a spray foam, closed cell, insulation.
3: I've heard of that. Yes, That's what yeah, it's and that
1: that seals it, but it doesn't hold moisture.
3: Oh, okay. What's it called again?
1: Closed cell foam insulation.
3: Closed cell.
1: Yep, closed.
3: Oh, closed cell.
1: Yeah, like open and closed.
3: Oh, okay. Closed foam insulation.
1: Yep, closed cell.
3: Is, is there a downside to that? No. No, not at all? Nope. Okay, is it easy to remove, or once you spray it on, it stays?
1: Once you spray it on, it's there to stay.
3: Okay, closed foam insulation. Yep. Well, I really appreciate appreciate your help. It's going to help us out a lot.
1: You bet, Obi. You take care, and uh, have a, have, have a good weekend.
3: Same to you. Bye.
1: And we're going to Northwest Houston. Barry, how can I help you today?
4: Good afternoon, Jim. I am probably in a short while needing to either have my home repiped or I've seen the e-pipe. Now, yeah. you, are, you are you are a plumbing company, and, and I'm aware of the uh, PEX pipe, which I probably would go if I repiped. And uh, I've also seen where they have the crimp fittings and the mm-hmm. open system or it's an expanded pipe around the fitting so my question to you sir is um if i was to e-pipe versus pex pipe replacement would that be a lower cost overall do you think
1: here's what you got to look at it depends on how your fixtures are Uh, Mm -hmm. because you like the showers in right. bathtub fixtures, you've got to get access to the back of those to right. undo the pipes. And that's whether you're using the the PEX or the e-pipe system.
4: Correct.
1: Typically, with the e-pipe system, you don't have near as much sheetrock damage, especially if you already have access to the back of those fittings. But usually your faucets, your sinks, your toilets, all that is readily accessible without doing any sheetrock damage. They... E pipe system itself will cost a little bit more than doing a PEX job, but after a PEX job, you typically have more sheetrock damage, so in the end, they run about the same. Okay.
4: What kind of questions would you ask the uh, installers if they came to your home? Because I uh, don't seem to be naive, but on the other hand, I'm not totally familiar with with uh, E piping the way I should be. I've, I've seen the average advertisement. Sure.
1: Well, I, I will tell you, I've t- I've talked about the e pipe system for years. I I love it as an alternative to repiping a house. And mm-hmm. Picket Plumbing is is the company I can tell you does just a great job with it. Yes. Um So the you already know more than most people do because you knew the expandable clamps versus the uh, you know the crimping cramps mm-hmm. for the. Uh, systems and Upanor is typically the one I would recommend. That's that's what our plumbing company uses. Okay. Uh, as far as on the E pipe systems, you know what what is the pipes you have now? Are they galvanized or copper? Yeah,
4: they're all galvanized. It's a three quarter inch and and they're they're thirty eight, thirty nine years old right now. So they're I know they're and plus I've had two different plumbers come over to my home and say, man, if I put a wrench on that thing because they got little rust spots and I've I have leaks. You know, and I've experienced leaks, and 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 I've got clamps on stuff, so I know I'm at that point where I got to do sure. something soon. Now, the question I also have is, one of the plumbers indicated to me, he said, if you go with that e pipe, that he he his term was that's an open wall installation. Where if they come in the house and they tell you one thing, then once they start getting in there, they start finding more things they're going to have to charge you for. Do you find that to be true? Is that true, or is there, or can you hold their feet to the fire and say, this is the price you gave me, I'm not paying more?
1: I have not found that to be the case because, like I said, they don't need access to, unless there's something that's broken in the pipes, and quite frankly, they're not going to see that anyways. Right. Uh, well, so, no. And and,
4: and, and like, faucets and, and shower heads and all that stuff, I mean, like the, the, the valves in your shower could they say well now you're going to to replace all that stuff
1: some of those you may have to replace uh, because if they haven't been used in years they don't shut off like they should they're going to recommend yeah let's go ahead and replace this while we've got it off there's not a reason to put it back on Uh, so you would get into some of the expense on that but quite frankly it doesn't matter which way you go that kind of stuff is going to have to be replaced okay thank you very much Jim you bet take care Barry now Another question that came in yesterday, flooring for our cabin is how it was labeled. I really appreciate your experience in the building industry and need a bit of expertise. We have a building very similar to the ones you see in Home Depot, Lowe's parking lots. It's 640 square foot, and we have framed in a one-bedroom, one-bath space with living room, kitchen, and dining area. It is off the ground, on blocks. We are sheetrocking now and will soon install flooring. The subfloor is plywood over joist. Should we install the floor? If yes, how? Should we attach vinyl, carpet, or wood laminate directly to the plywood? It would be greatly appreciated if you could reply to my email as I'm not always able to catch your show. Well, here's a little tidbit. When you send in these email questions, if I read them on the air, we typically will clip that and send you the response. Uh, so i don't always respond in writing once i've used one on the air that's usually how you'll get the response is a recording of the answer but here's the deal those sheds typically have a three quarter inch thick floor that's installed in them you can go directly on that if you want if it was me i would add another layer of three quarter inch plywood so I've got a, a good, solid base. Then you can put whatever floor you want on it. You could go down you know, with a, a vinyl floor if you want. You could go with carpet. You could go with a wood floor. You could even go with tile on the floor. And as far as if you're going to put something like tile down, do you need to put a concrete backer board? You don't absolutely have to. It just makes the job a little bit better. Uh, so you could go either way. And um, let's see. I think that yeah, you should you insulate the floor? No. That's the reason I would have had you put another three/ quarter inch layer of plywood down because one, that will help with temperatures. But two, you don't want to put any insulation as far as fiberglass cellulose, any of those underneath a block and base pyramid beam structure. Those moisture that's in the soil is so humid. It will start collecting moisture in that insulation and when that happens, it starts rotting the wood. So if you do insist on having some type of insulation, use a spray foam closed cell, only closed cell. They make an open cell, but the open cell can hold moisture as well. So a spray foam closed cell, you only need like an inch or two sprayed on the bottom side if you want to insulate it now if you don't want to worry about insulation but you do you are concerned with the temperature put carpet you'll have two layers of plywood the seams won't overlap then you can put the carpet padding and the carpet that insulates the floor enough for you that when you roll out of bed in the morning like I always say you can step onto the carpet and have nice toasty warm toes even if it's cold outside and you know if you get that mohawk smart strand it's easy to keep clean, even if it's in a cabin. So that's the direction I would head if I was in your shape. You know, I was thinking a, a little bit more on that uh, that shed that they're building into a, a little, little uh, cabin. And I was li- in listening to that floor and decor spot while we were on break there. I'm not so sure I wouldn't go with the vinyl plank in that. And here's why. I, I've got vinyl plank down in a couple of my offices. And, man, that vinyl st- plank, that the new vinyl stuff, is just so durable. Yeah, remember, I'm running construction offices. Guys are coming in with muddy boots and stuff. And I've had some of these plank floors down already for eight, nine years. And they're still gorgeous. Well, gosh. That one, I've had down for 11 years already. And, and it still looks gorgeous. So, uh, you know... I'm pretty sure I would take a look at the vinyl plank, and then if you want to have something, uh, in like the the area where you're putting the bedroom and stuff, that's where you can install the carpet to keep your toes nice and warm. But in the rest of it, you can go with the vinyl planks so you've got the wood look, of a cabin. But it's easy to take care of. I'm shopping for a new home, one home, I recently viewed, and am considering whether to make a qualified offer as Tech Shield. Is TechShield a good product or an issue in the works, so to speak? I have also heard that a roof with such a product causes challenges with Wi-Fi and cell phone reception and so much so it requires homeowners to obtain a booster. Well, let's start with that. I have TechShield in my house. Love it. I have two different radiant barrier systems in my home. I've got the TechShield for the roof and then i have a radiant barrier on the attic floor both of which to make my home more energy efficient and no i do not have issues with my phone reception the old systems the old original single ply that they were installing like 30 years ago yes you could get some minor reception issues the newer stuff it doesn't have that issue i would i would not lose any sleep over it at all okay Based on the following issues, would you recommend not pursuing the home? The roof is two years old. Owner claims the roof was replaced due to hail damage in 2015. I also observed a very bad ceiling repair in the master bedroom, which the homeowner claims is not present and omitted. Same on seller disclosure statement. Further, the seller disclosure statement included a prior issue with radon gas. Additionally, the siding in the rear of the home appears to have started To separate from the home, one noticeably on the side window. Okay. As far as the sheetrock, hey, that might have happened before this guy owned it. So I I can't say whether that would be an issue or not, but it is just sheetrock. Sheetrock is cheap to have repaired. And if it looks bad right now, you can have it redone and and make it look good. So I I probably personally, unless I'm paying top dollar for the house, wouldn't lose a lot of sleep over that. The trim that's going bad and the siding you just have to look and see okay does it need to be replaced now or am I going to get some years out of it Uh, I would budget in that you're going to have to replace it And when I replace it I would take a look at James Hardy so I wouldn't have to mess with it again the only thing that you threw in here that I really would throw up any flag for me is the radon gas we just typically don't have a lot of radon gas problems here in Texas That's more of an issue in the uh, northern states with basements and things like that. So I think I would have that checked out a little bit closer, find out what's going on with that before I made any decisions. Uh, It is something that can be dealt with, but like I said, in our area we don't have a lot of it, and so there's not a lot of people who are qualified to repair it, and that's why it throws up kind of more of a flag than anything else does. In the meantime, I'm going to head back into some email questions. This one is uh McKinney from Rick. I have a friend who has a house in Dallas. It was built in the 60s and has cast iron sewer pipe. It is failing. Is there something that can be sleeved with a liner? If so, who does it? Thank you, Rick. Well, Rick, Pipes can be sleeved, but not up underneath the house. And the reason uh, they can't be sleeved under the home is any place where there's a T has to be dug up. Uh, the, the sleeves won't make T's. They don't make Y's, any anything like that. It, a sleeve is just good for a straight run. So typically when you're dealing with the old cast iron pipes under a home, you're dealing with digging it up, and replacing the pipes now there's two options one is to tunnel and just replace everything under the home depending on the floor plan of the house you know where the bathrooms uh, kitchen and all that stuff are in some cases it's less expensive to do what's called a reroute where you actually just dig into the bathroom take the pipe out and then dig trench around the house to tie back into the main line but it all depends on the floor plan of the house which way is going to be more cost-effective. You can call do West Plumbing at 972-406-0912, and uh, they can take a look at it and discuss that in a little more detail with you to, to get it taken care of. Faye, welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
5: Hi. I have a question for you. I live in my house for 30 years, Uh And we never had a chimney cap, and we never used our fireplace. It was closed, the latch, or whatever you call it. And I had no problem. Now, since last year, when we have a heavy rain, I've seen the rain is dropping inside the house, about maybe 8-ounce or 10-ounce rain come down that I put a pail under it. I just was wondering, all this year, the 10 years, I had ne- never had that problem. I don't know because I don't have a chimney cat, or maybe it's coming from different part or what. What should I do?
1: Okay, more than likely what it is, is you've got a real brick fireplace.
5: Yes, all brick.
1: Yep, and what's happening is on the very top up there, there's mortar that goes around the... Uh, flue of the chimney that's on top of the brick yes. and as it ages and the sun's been beating on it and all that stuff it starts to crack and once it cracks and starts separating a little when it rains the water that hits on top of that mortar soaks through it and actually starts running down through the brick and ends up coming inside the fireplace box
5: Oh, so you're talking about it like around the base of it
1: no, uh, uh, on the top, yeah, around the, the base, uh, uh, around the, uh, you know, where the flue comes up through the very top? Uh-huh. Around it. Uh-huh. Where, where the brick is around that, yeah.
5: Okay, so I don't actually don't need a chimney cap.
1: Well, it's one way of fixing it. I mean, there, there's two things you can do. One is to go up there and take the mortar off, and they'll put new mortar on it, and you'll be good for probably another 20 or 30 years. The oh, other would would okay. The, the oh. other would be to take that mortar off, put new mortar, and then put a chimney cap that covers the entire size of the fireplace, to, uh-huh. of the chimney, though, and uh, that would protect it from here forward.
5: Okay. So what? which one do you go for, if that was yours?
1: Well, when, I had the same issue 15 years ago with my house, and I I put the chimney cap on.
5: Okay. All right. So do you know anyone that you can recommend that I can call?
1: Uh, what part of town are you in?
5: I live in H-E-B in Bedford.
1: Okay. Uh, What you're going to be looking for is a chimney sweep. Uh, the one, a, a, a chimney sweep. The people who come and clean the chimneys. Oh, but
5: I never, uh-huh, but I never oh, but, use the like fire. But those, those are
1: the same people who put the caps and everything
5: oh, on Oh, okay. Okay.
1: And uh, the only one I know of, there's a chimney store in Plano. Oh,
5: so that's the far to me
1: well it may sound far to you but to, uh to them it's probably not
5: okay 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 and, and uh, cleaner.
1: yeah that, and that's that's the place i would call
5: okay and i should tell them to come uh, put a motor or put a chimney cap yeah, one tell, or well, the other.
1: if it was my house i'd be putting the chimney cap
5: okay okay sir thank you so much and god bless you for helping
1: us you're very welcome faye and you have a great sunday afternoon Bye-bye. And and it's a very common thing. As homes age and that stuff becomes more brittle, it it starts breaking up and you will start getting moisture running down through there. Uh, If you let it go too long, it actually will start getting into the sheetrock and stuff as well.
0: You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.